Welcome to Author Express. Thanks for checking us out. This is the podcast where you give us 15 minutes of your time and we give you a chance to hear the voice behind the pages and get to know some of your favorite writers in a new light. I'm one of your hosts, Kathleen Basie. I'm an award-winning musical composer, a feature writer, essayist, and of course, storyteller. Let me tell you a little bit about today's guest. Carolyn Korsmeyer has spent most of her career as a professor of philosophy before starting to write novels. Her fictional work includes historical novels as well as contemporary mystery. Reviewers praised Carolyn's first novel, Charlotte's Story, for the wry and witty voice of the narrator, Charlotte Lucas, familiar to readers of Pride and Prejudice. Her second novel, Little Follies, A Mystery at the Millennium, features a woman who chances on mystery and danger while on a visit to Poland. Carolyn drew upon her experience of Krakow, one of her favorite places in writing this story, although she had to adjust the map of the city slightly in order to make room for a fictional museum where theft, magic, and danger converge. Welcome, Carolyn. Thank you. So let's get to know you a bit by learning a bit about where you're from. Tell me the most interesting thing about where you are from. Well, I've lived in Buffalo, New York for quite some years. And I think after this beginning of this winter, Buffalo is probably best known for its wicked blizzards. But in fact, it's a very interesting city. Its history as a major city begins with the Erie Canal, because it was the terminus of the Erie Canal and became rapidly a very wealthy city with a very complex population that prompted many, many immigrants from chiefly from Europe and from elsewhere in the U.S., to come work here. It since then fell on much harder times, but the legacy of all of that activity is continues to be very interesting and to be preserved in the architecture and surroundings. I am so interested in the Erie Canal. I understood that, I understand that somewhere up in that area, there's a lock still, isn't there, that you can actually walk through? Well, there are lots of locks on the canal, which were designed in order that the different elevations of the water could be accommodated. The biggest lock is in a place called Lockport, which in fact is just north of Buffalo. I believe there are five locks there that were designed to accommodate canal boats that had to go between the Erie Canal and Lake Erie. And the problem is that there's a natural wonder there called Niagara Falls that's very high. And so the locks would adjust the elevation of the waterways. The locks at Lockport are still functioning for tourists. And it, it really makes for quite an interesting day to take a trip up and down the locks in Lockport. Well, that sounds super interesting. We are going to have to check that out at some point. Definitely. Yeah. So living in a place like that, that has such a draw for tourists, what is your favorite place to visit or your favorite vacation spot? Well, I'm particularly fond of, of Krakow, the city in Poland that this novel takes place in. And I've had the opportunity to be there frequently enough that I got to know the city pretty well. Although for anyone who's traveled in that region, they will know that it, it changes rapidly. There's been a great deal of renovation and fixing things up for tourism. It's a pretty comfortable place to be now. And Poland itself is a place with a fascinating and a complicated history. So it is one place that I particularly like to go. Well, that gives us a good introduction to your book. 
Tell me something about this book. It's set in Poland. And what chapter or part of that book sticks with you the most strongly? What's the most striking thing about your book? Oh, that's a complicated question. You see, I took an awful long time to write this book. I started writing it, believe it or not, in 2004. And today is the day of its launch. So I had to make a number of adjustments as I, as I went along to develop the plot in a way that I wanted to. It's a city that has a lot of mystery that is evident to a tourist because of its age and because of the complexity of its history. I placed my novel in 1999 at the turn of the millennium because I was also really interested in all of the superstition and concern about what would happen when the thousand year mark turned. Right. So the story begins with all of the main characters being worried about Y2K. But as things advance, we discover there's another character who thinks he can use the turn of the millennium for his own magical purposes. And he devises a very complicated scheme to make this happen, which ensnares three of the other main characters and creates situations that are dangerous and even murderous. Oh, that does sound interesting. <laughs> it was a lot of fun to write. So what do you hope readers take away from reading this novel? And tell us what it's called also. Oh, it's called Little Follies, colon, A Mystery at the Millennium. What do you take away? Well, one of the things that interests me a lot is the different perspectives that people have on the same event. And one of the things that powers the complexities of the plot and the, the interaction among the characters is that they don't understand the problems they're facing in quite the same way. Mm. And so I think one thing that might be taken away, apart from I hope just a good story, I, I hope it's a good story that people find it an exciting read, but I hope it's also kind of thought-provoking about what you can and can't do based upon your understanding or misunderstanding of a situation. And that, I think, might pertain both to the characters who are interested in a, in a historical research project that one of them is engaged with, and also the somewhat delusional character who wants to use this magical demon to transform his own life. Yeah, that all sounds so interesting. Thanks for sharing about that. So let's move on and let me ask a little bit about your writing process and your writing journey. Who encouraged you in writing over the years and, and how did you get to this point? It was a long route. No one in particular encouraged me. I've written, that is to say scribbled, since I was a child. And over the years, I would start what looked like a story or a novel and never get it finished. Most of my writing, because most of my, as you mentioned in the introduction, most of my career has been as a professor of philosophy. So the first books I wrote that were actually completed and published were in philosophy. I started Little Follies when I was on a, a leave, a research leave in Poland, and it took quite a long time to finish because I was also you know, doing my other job. But it was very encouraging for me and very, I don't know, satisfying actually to be able to finish it. I think I finished it five or six times because it needed to be revised a lot. <laughs> but having actually sure. completed it was so satisfying that I yeah. went on to write several more. And it really is a very enjoyable thing for me. I, I do like to write. And 
I do have time, not as much, nobody ever has enough time, but I do have time teaching in the classroom anymore. I do have time to do that kind of writing. And I try to do it every day, not always successfully. It must be, can you talk just a little bit about the difference between writing for nonfiction academic versus fiction? Yes, that is a really interesting aspect of this transition. At first, I could not do the same kind of writing in the same day. It just seemed like I was wearing two different heads. The styles are different. The requirement for analytical clarity is very high in philosophy. And of course, you don't want to confuse readers in fiction, but you also want to tease them a good deal and not disclose what you mean for maybe several pages. And for for quite some time, I just couldn't do the two at at once. For some reason, I, I couldn't really tell you why, that problem seems to have disappeared. I seem to be able now to switch modes, you know, just maybe with a cup of tea in between. Well, I didn't do it on purpose. It just kind of happened. And I realized that I was no longer stuck in there or mentality. Yeah, I, I think I, I write music as well. So yes, I write music as well. So I, I totally understand that going back and forth and, and I do nonfiction feature work. So that going back and forth is a, a mental flexibility. I think like everything, it's probably a learned skill. That's right. You might not even know you're learning it. Suddenly you kind of can do it. Yeah. Well, so tell us, Carolyn, where's the best place for people to find you online? Where's the one, one place where they should go and look you up? I think the best place is my personal website because I try to keep it up to date with announcements and, and so forth. The website is just my name. It's www.carolyncorsmeyer. So can you spell that for us? Uh, yes. C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-K-O-R-S. M-E-Y-E-R dot com. Thank you. CarolynCorsmeyer.com. Great. So tell us in closing, what book or story, fiction, nonfiction, your choice, has inspired you the most? That is such a hard question because I don't believe there's any one answer, but I'll mention just one. And in so doing, I'm, I'm going back to a classic that features a really interesting female character. Dorothea Brooke. If you're familiar with George Eliot's novel, Middlemarch, Mm. it's one of my favorites. And I like it because of its complexity, its seriousness, and Eliot's stunning ability to be hilarious unexpectedly. Something just terribly funny popping out of the page, even if the subject that she is devoting her time to at that moment isn't so funny. And that style is something I really admire to be able to present something that's serious and thought-provoking, but also not make it dead weight, you know, to add the wit and humor to it. Life itself, I think, is, for most of us, a kind of combination of quotidian, tragic, and comic. And I think that Eliot is brilliant at evoking that in in Middlemarch. Well, I think I know the next classic I need to read. Thanks for sharing that, Carolyn, and thanks for coming on today. Thank you very much for having me. I enjoyed it. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you'll take a second to give us some stars or a review on your favorite podcasting platform. We'll be back next Wednesday. And in the meantime, follow us on Instagram at Author Express Podcast to see who's coming up next. Don't forget, keep it express, but keep it interesting.